It's time to get up and get your day started. Morant. Oh! A jawbreaker! It's Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. The first hour of Sports 56 Mornings is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Now, here are your hosts, Greg and Eli. Get up every morning The good news is that it's a little warmer this morning compared to the last few days. The bad news is we may be getting a little more of that white stuff tonight. Welcome in to Sports 56 Mornings on this Thursday, January 18th, 2024. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, Zach Boyd with you from the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, it's where family and fun come together. Their floor model sale continues at 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. And the first hour of the program brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware. It's 30 degrees right now. Now, with the wind chill factor, it's 23. But yesterday, the wind chill factor when we came on the air was minus 7 degrees. So a little bit warmer. However, wintry mix in the forecast for today with the possibility of freezing rain, a high of 35. But tonight it dips to 22, and there is about a 60% chance of some more snow, about one inch of snow expected, according to the forecast I'm looking at. Tomorrow, intervals of clouds and sunshine for your Friday with a high of only 26 degrees. Coming up on the program today, it's a busy Thursday for the Memphis sports teams as the Memphis Grizzlies are back in action on the road against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Meanwhile, the 10th-ranked Memphis Tigers put a 10-game winning streak on the line against the South Florida Bulls at FedEx Forum tonight. That'll be a 6 o'clock tip. By the way, the Grizzlies game is not until 9 o'clock, so you can watch both in its entirety. That'll be a TNT game. We'll talk college basketball aside from the Tigers as we go around college basketball around the nation last night, including what happened in the SEC. Big trade took place in the NBA yesterday. We'll give you the details about that. And you could be watching the Memphis Grizzlies. In fact, you probably will be watching the Memphis Grizzlies on a different outlet for the future. We will give you the details as far as that's concerned. The NFL getting ready for the divisional round weekend as eight teams will be in action, four different games. A little bit of NFL coaching news yesterday made. However, still the big names remain out there. Bill Belichick, Jim Harbaugh, and others. Teresa Walker will join us at 725. Speaking of NFL coaches, we'll talk to Teresa about Mike Vrabel being let go with the Tennessee Titans and who may that replacement be. Pete Medhurst at 805. Pete Medhurst, who we have on many times to talk Navy, he's the voice of Navy, but he also is involved in the Baltimore Ravens radio network. We'll get Pete's thoughts on the Ravens, their matchup, and the rest of the NFL divisional round games the Ravens making some news this morning as Dalvin Cook was added to the 53-man roster. We'll talk to Pete about that. At 9.05, our attention turns to the Alabama Crimson Tide. Obviously, the huge news that shook the college football world. Nick Saban retiring, Kalen DeBoer replacing him. We'll talk to John about everything that's going on in Alabama, including some big-name players in the portal and recruits saying thanks but no thanks to Alabama. And then at 9.30, NFL legend, Hall of Famer, Kellen Winslow, one of the greatest tight ends to ever suit up for an NFL game. He will join us again at 9.30. In between, we'll take your calls and your texts on the Sports 56 listener lines at 
360-8255. You can also message us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, on the website, sportsmemphis.com. That's your lineup for this Thursday morning. How are you? Well, you know, not very good. No, I, I, I know why. I know why. It has something to do with uh, a guy whose initials are M and M. Uh, yes, yes. And a guy whose initials are J and J. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I'm not happy, not happy, not, not, not real, not real thrilled about uh, Mike McCarthy. Were you surprised? Yes. Okay. I think most people were, right? Uh, yes. I, I, I mean, especially with Jerry's comment after the game the other day, um, when he wasn't supportive in any way, um, I just uh, another year of terrible clock management, rack up some regular season wins and a postseason early loss. Looking forward to it. Should be fun. Should be fun. <laughs> I know on the surface you look at you know from the outside looking in, you go three straight years of twelve wins. That's terrific. But as I always talk about, I, look the regular season. All that does is set you up for the postseason. You obviously have to be good in the regular season to be able to have a chance in the postseason, whatever the sport may be. But you have to do something once you get there. And I don't know if it's Jerry Jones really, really believing that Mike McCarthy's the guy or just thinking to himself, yeah, if I try to bring in Bill Belichick or Harbaugh, I I can't boss them around. I can't push them around. And I still have to have complete control. I thought he'd be ready to relent a little bit. He's not getting any younger. His chances are dwindling. And to keep it status quo is a surprise. So I'm sorry, buddy. And again, certainly this is, I don't, I'm not, it is not all Mike McCarthy's fault by any means. Right, um, right. There's plenty of blame to go around. And I, you know, even, you know, I don't think Dak is the guy at the quarterback position, but um, I thought Jerry would make a move just because, again, uh, because he wants so badly to get back into a Super Bowl, and I don't, at this point, you have to, I don't know how you could have confidence that Mike McCarthy is the guy to get you over the hump. Like, he's, you had the number two seed, and you got blown out in your first playoff game on your home field where you had won 16 in a row. Like, I, at some point, you just got to think, like, oh, maybe he's the guy for the regular season, but I'm not sure he's our guy in the postseason. So we probably should try and find a go a different route to see if maybe we could have a little better postseason success. Led by a quarterback playing in his first playoff game, beating your veteran quarterback who has been there and has done that. So Dan Quinn, who's the defensive coordinator of the Cowboys, he reportedly will interview with the Titans. And he's already interviewed with a number of teams, including the Seahawks. Most people believe that that's the odds-on favorite to get the job in Seattle. But when Teresa joins us here in about uh, 20 minutes or so, we'll get her thoughts on which direction she believes the Titans are going. So, sorry about that. Uh, Mike McCarthy back at the helm. If you haven't heard, he will return as the Cowboys head coach. we got a lot of NFL talk to get to, and we'll do that a little bit later on in the program. Like I said, uh, Teresa Walker in about 20 minutes, Pete Medhurst on the Ravens and the other divisional round games. That'll be coming up at 8.05. Tonight, FedEx Forum, the Memphis Tigers put their 10-game winning streak on the line against South Florida. The Tigers now are tied for the fourth longest current winning streak in the nation. I don't know if you've seen this, 
because I would imagine for people just off the top of their head, they wouldn't guess these teams, but do you have any idea who those teams are in front of them that have right now longer current winning streaks? I have no idea. Sanford is number one. Sanford with a 16-game winning streak. Good for them. Grand Canyon is number two. Great for them. With a 13-game winning streak. The Dayton Flyers are third with 11. And then it's a tie between Memphis and McNeese. Go get them, McNeese. 10-game winning streak. So the Tigers tonight, 6 o'clock if you're heading down to FedEx Forum. Are they no longer a state? Are they just McNeese now? I think they're just McNeese. Drop, just, drop the stake? I think. I think. Um, I don't know if just that's some people being lazy, not writing the state. I, I don't know. I think it's just McNeese, but I could be wrong. South Florida comes in at 9-5. and five. We had Andy Borman on yesterday, as we do every Wednesday. Tigers assistant coach, he broke it down, said South Florida. Pretty good team. 9-5 and five is, is not too shabby. Good rebounding team. Let's see if Memphis comes out faster than they have at home here recently. And... See if they can put together a similar half, that second half at Wichita State, and blow out a team. I, I I don't know, but we saw it on Sunday on the road at Wichita. They finally got a chance to blow out a team, and Wichita State at home in front of that crowd I think would be a tougher task than going up against South Florida tonight at home in Memphis, but you never know. After tonight's game, it's on to... New Orleans to play Tulane on Sunday. And Tulane got rocked last night in Birmingham. Welcome back, UAB, to now to the American Conference, but welcome back as a rival to Memphis. And Andy Kennedy, the Fighting Kennedys, with a 14-point win. So I don't know about Tulane. Tulane is, I know they're pretty good, and they always step up when they play Memphis, and they'll be ready on Sunday, I would imagine, but they've taken their lumps in uh, UAB, which Memphis will play in Birmingham in a couple of weekends, has had a pretty good start. They've, they've had some tough losses, but you know how good a coach Andy Kennedy is, having coached against Memphis when he was at Ole Miss and at Cincinnati. Yeah, the the Tulane thing, I, they're, you know, obviously Jalen Cook's not there, but they certainly still have some pretty good players and thought they would be way better um, than what they have been. UAB, uh, they lost a ton off of last year's team, but Andy has worked that transfer portal very heavily over the years and um, always puts a pretty darn competitive product out there. Um, South Florida is a team tonight. Um, they do some good things offensively. Uh, they don't really turn the ball over. They draw. They get fouled a ton. Um, they go to the free throw line a lot. It, it, it may not be um, a real pretty one tonight because they get fouled a lot and they foul a lot. So there might be a lot of free throws tonight. Not saying there's going to be 98 like the women's game, but there could be a lot of free throws. It could be could be one of those games, but not, not real pretty. But um, what they do struggle to do, which is a real problem in the game of basketball, they struggle to shoot the basketball. That's what they said about Wichita State. Then they came out on fire to start that game. South Florida doesn't really shoot it well from anywhere. Uh, from two-point range, three-point range, free throw line, uh, they don't really shoot it that well. But uh, but again, they don't turn it over. Um, they do get, they do draw fouls. And Andy Borman talked about their point guard, who's one of the small, quick point guards who uh, certainly can draw a lot of those fouls, but um, is obviously a team that the Tigers should uh, be able to take care of 
fairly easily on their home court. And speaking of free throws, as you mentioned, maybe we'll have a free throw contest tonight. We certainly hope not. Again, that game at Wichita State, Tigers only got to the line six times, made five of them, and still scored 112 points. And they are one of the leaders in the nation as far as free throw shooting is concerned, free throw attempts, pretty good free throw makers as well. Uh, Again, 6 o'clock tonight. And then the Grizzlies at 9 o'clock. So, again, spaced out very nicely. They'll play a TNT game, so the only coverage will be the national TV. Timberwolves at 28-11, and one of the better teams in the NBA. The Grizzlies at 15-25. and We know what has happened to the Grizzlies, yet last game against Golden State on Monday. They came out with the, uh, the, baby, the baby Grizz, the Cubs, if you will, and we saw a team that came out on a mission and, and beat Golden State. I think the task will be a lot tougher tonight in Minnesota. But as I said yesterday, we talked about G.G. Jackson. He has at least uh, piqued my interest to watch this team that's minus John Morant, minus Des Bain, minus everybody else, but Jaron Jackson Jr. and the young guys uh, tonight against Minnesota. Yeah, I don't like the 9 o'clock start time, got to be honest. Not thrilled with that. Not when you get up as early as we do. But, I'll, watch uh, the fir- I'll watch the first half and then I'll go to bed. Uh, this one could be one that might be over at halftime. <laughs> at Minnesota, this, this one might uh, might be, there might be a lot of people going to bed at halftime tonight um, who are, are done watching this one. Certainly, will be a a, a difficult task for uh, for the the Grussell. The Indiana Pacers did make that trade yesterday that we talked about yesterday. The Pacers, Raptors, but they needed a third team. In fact, there were actually two trades within the one, according to Bobby Marks. But New Orleans was also involved. But most of the names that were uh, out in the report yesterday, I forget who had it first, maybe Woj, maybe Shams. I'm guessing it's one of those two, uh, were uh, were the names that came out um, when the trade was actually officially announced. And that was, of course, the big name. And that was Pascal Siakam, who goes from Toronto to Indiana. Meanwhile, Bruce Brown goes from Indiana to Toronto. Uh, Toronto also gets Jordan Nawara. They get three first-round draft picks. Kyra Lewis Jr. was also involved in that as he went from New Orleans to Indiana. And then he was packaged in that deal and ends up in Toronto. So three-team trade, but again, two trades within one. The big name, obviously, being Pascal Siakam, goes to Indiana, joins Tyrese Halliburton, joins Miles Turner, Gives Indiana an interesting chance, in my opinion now, to pull some upsets in the postseason. I I still don't think they're Boston. I still don't think they're Milwaukee. And I still don't think they're Philadelphia. But certainly, I think they have put themselves at least up there in that bracket where it wouldn't be shocking if Indiana went in there and pulled off an upset or two in the postseason. That's a great player now who joins another great player in Halliburton. Yeah, I mean they they score a ton of points, um, and and their style of play certainly Siakam can come in and fit in right with that. He does make them better defensively. I mean they're not they're they're pretty bad defensively. He makes them better. They're certainly not going to be great. Yeah, I don't know that it it vaults them up into the the Milwaukee Boston echelon of the East. But that's an interesting roster. It's a really interesting roster when you're looking at Halliburton. You now have Siakam. You have Turner, you know, Buddy Heald, 
Ben Matherin. Like there's that's there's a lot of firepower on that roster, mm-hmm. and um, it's a, it, it again they'll be they'll be fun as heck to watch because the way they play and now just adding another score um, in that mix. I mean that that team is going to be very tough to stop on the uh, when you're trying to play uh, defense against that group. Very sad news from the NBA yesterday. Golden State, which was just here on Monday, went to Utah to play, or scheduled to play last night against the Utah Jazz. Unfortunately, the game was postponed because of the um, tragedy uh, that beset uh, Dehan Milojevic, their assistant coach, who had a heart attack and passed away. Just tragic news. And certainly um, you know, jarring to everybody who follows the NBA. They, as I said, postponed that game. They'll look to make that up at a later date. But certainly sad news. Yeah, I'm, I'm 46 years old. That's having a heart attack and dying at 46 is just not something that uh, you expect and uh, just awful. I uh, can't imagine what that your organization's going through, what the family, and he certainly... He's a guy who's helped a lot of the foreign players um, and very well known in the foreign circles as a player and coach before he came over um, to be an assistant with the Warriors. Just that was that's awful, awful news. Amazon, if you didn't see this news yesterday, is acquiring a minority stake from Diamond Sports Group. Diamond Sports Group, who filed for bankruptcy last year, is the company that bought the sports stations from. Fox originally, right? And they and it's Bally's. So you know it is Bally's. You watch the Grizzlies on Bally's. They own a bunch of these different stations. And now it's likely that with Amazon owning a stake in this uh in this company, that the future probably means buying or at least uh, subscribing to Amazon Prime to get your Grizzlies games. That's the route they're going down, correct? I, I have, I do not know. I'm not sure anybody knows exactly what this means. It could be, um, or it, yeah, you know, it, it could just be like you could you'll you'll pay for Grizzlies games. Like all the home markets will have the opportunity. You just buy a Grizzlies package, package or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like it's this stuff, um, you know. And it's not going to change anything for this year. The Grizzlies, I mean, the Grizzlies could go a completely different route, you know, in the future as well. I mean, they could go to a different outlet altogether. I, I don't know. I have, I don't know that anybody knows what truly this means at this point. When you say go a different route, this is something that's been talked about, and I believe there is a team or two that may be doing it right now. In fact, I don't. I want to say Phoenix, but that they could go local where they actually produce their own games and air them on grind city media they could do that if they wanted to right yeah they could again i mean they're, they're the contract with a diamond sports or whatever i think is after this year like they're so they could i guess still go back and with this whole amazon deal or whatever but they could also go any other route whatever they want to do and they could do a deal with a different uh, local channel and they could do stuff there on their own. I, yeah, I mean, I think the that's it's it's wide open as to what they could do. But I'll be interested to see if, let's say, they do go down the route where it's going to be games only, strictly on Amazon Prime, and the folks who don't subscribe to it will they do it? 
will they pay that extra money, whatever the case may be, to watch Grizzlies games? So something, obviously, to keep an eye on. Folks, if you're ready to drive a new Silverado into 2024, All-Star Chevrolet and Olive Branch has financing down to 1.9% or up to $7,500 cash. And check this out. You get another $2,250 with your trade-in on select vehicles. You will love the new All-Star Chevy Equinox and the Trailblazers. Financing, as I said, down to 1.9% and no payment for 90 days. That's three months with no payments. Also, if you want a certified pre-owned Chevy or any pre-owned vehicle, All-Star is loaded up. Lots of pre-owned Silverados, Tahos, Jeeps, Broncos, and the Traverse with that third-row seating so you can do more as a family together. If it's not there, just ask Jeff. He'll find it for you. Kevin and Jeff and everyone at All-Star Chevy asked me to wish you a very happy and healthy New Year. Remember, it's not South Haven, not Mount Moriah, Bartlett, or Collierville. It's got to be Olive Branch, Mississippi. Find new roads to All-Star Chevy today or go to allstarautogroup.com. We'll take a look at the night in college basketball a little bit later on in the program. But when we come back, what's happening with the Tennessee Titans? We'll talk to the Hall of Fame writer, Teresa Walker. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. I got a little change in my pocket going Welcome back, everyone. 726 the time. Hour number one here on Sports 56 Mornings. Getting sent for a busy night with Memphis sports, with the Grizzlies in action in Minnesota. The Tigers will host South Florida at FedEx Forum at 6 o'clock. NFL divisional round playoffs this weekend. Eight teams still alive. Unfortunately, the Tennessee Titans not in the postseason this year. But there's always something happening with the Titans and always there to cover them like nobody else is our good friend, Teresa Walker, AP football writer, AP professional football writer. But much more than that, she covers just about everything you could think of in this great state of ours. She's a Tennessee sports writer, Hall of Famer, and a five-time Tennessee sports writer of the year. You can follow her on Twitter at Teresa M. Walker. Thank you so much for getting up early with us, Teresa. How are you? Well, I am good. It, it was a, a quick turnaround considering I had Auburn Vanderbilt tipping off last night at 8 o'clock, but uh, what can I say? I, <laughs> I needed to get up early this morning anyway. You love it. Come on now. You, you love what you do, and you do it so well. Hey, did you guys get hit pretty bad with the weather in Nashville? Uh, we got a bunch of snow. I mean, it, you know, we got as much snow pr- pretty much in this one snowfall that we tend to average for the whole winter. I mean, it was like you know, my you know, it ranged around you know five to, to. I saw in one area they got like eight and a half inches. Ooh. So, yeah, in my yard area here in southern, you know, Franklin, south of Nashville, about five and a half inches or so, six and a half, depending on the way the the wind was blowing. And now we're under a winter storm warning this afternoon. Starts around noon, and we might get a tenth of an uh, inch of ice on top of that. So mm-hmm. with some freezing rain. So it's like. Yeah, we're, we're getting all the weather this week. <laughs> <laughs> Very similar to what we're getting in Memphis. Got that same forecast for today. So stay well, be careful out there. All right, so we had the news, obviously, recently of uh, Mike Vrabel being let go by the Titans. First of all, 
Did that surprise you? Were you expecting it? And how much are you going to miss Mike Vrabel? I know he loved you. Well, I- I'm going to miss him because I'm, you know he was the fifth different head coach that I covered with this team, and yeah, he he I was the one who got the first question, uh, you know, most of the time with with Mike, and and I'll say this, it was nice that you know if it, if I wasn't there. He gave the first question to a woman. I mean, even on the road, you know, he was looking for a woman to, you know, to, you know, give that first question to, and that means a lot in an industry where, mm-hmm. you know, you know, there's more and more women, especially in the in the Tennessee market overall, from Knoxville to Memphis. But the fact of the matter is, uh, I, I, you know, once upon a time, I was the only woman, right. and it is a weird feeling. So, yeah, I did appreciate that. Uh, I I will say though I am the uh, uh, president of the local pro football writers chapter of Nashville, and uh, a gig I've had for you know uh, finishing up I think my sixth year in that role. So I'm hoping that whoever Amy Adams Strunk hires, uh, you know, I, let's put it this way: I'm gonna put the bug in the, his ear, make sure he knows whoever <laughs> it is that she hires. And last night, you know, I literally was writing. I had just gotten downstairs, and Jerry Stackhouse is getting ready to walk in and talk to us post game. And they announced that they had interviewed their fifth different candidate in Dan Quinn, uh, current Dallas coordinator and former Atlanta coach. I covered that Super Bowl where they were up twenty-eight to three, and literally, mm-hmm. you know, Julio Jones makes that great catch down the sidelines, and it's like just get a field goal, and this game's over. And they couldn't close it out, and you had the incredible Patriots come back and the Edelman catch and. And and that was the night that I thought Tom Brady had been tapped on the shoulder by Father Time. So, you know, they, they, and, you know that the pick six that went the other way, he fell down, and it was game in Houston. And and then look what happened. I mean, you know, they they went on to win that game, and he ends up adding, a, you know, a sixth ring, you know, to his tenure there in, in in New England, and goes to Tampa Bay. So so much for what I know. Um, but you know, they now I was surprised. But here's a simple fact: NFL. Not for long, <laughs> right. which is why, which was, it, which was what makes the decision by Jerry Jones to keep Mike McCarthy uh, going into the final year of his deal in Dallas as the head coach even more surprising. It's like, you know, yeah, he can win in the regular season, but the problem is the the, the postseason. And you know, Matt Lafleur, who won with the Packers, guys, he interviewed the last time the Titans did head coaching interviews. They only did three. Matt Lafleur was one of those three. And, you know, they, you know, Mike Vrabel ended up hiring him as the offensive coordinator in 18. And now he's proven that, guys, you, you thought I could only win with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, let me show you what I can do with Jordan Love mm-hmm. as my quarterback. He only turned in a perfect passer rating against Dan Quinn's uh, defense in that game. So, uh, you know, they've interviewed five people. No in-person interviews can happen until after the divisional round this weekend, though. So Monday, they can start doing interviews in person. And Brian Callahan, the Bengals' offensive coordinator, is the guy reportedly going to get the, you know, that they want to talk to in person. So uh, among that list, as they start paring things down, I'm curious to see how quickly Amy Adams-Trunk and this front office moves. Uh, it, It took them a week to move from Mike Malarkey the hiring mark very variable the last time around the rules are a little different that they added in october you know you could do zoom interviews i mean god the the, the world of our lives right, right? Yeah. we all are on zoom so they can get some of these inner you know inner uh, it, uh, virtual reality interviews done now but uh we'll see who makes the cut and joins brian Callahan uh in the final cut for the titans 
as they move on from Mike Vrabel. But, I mean, think about it. Six seasons, his first five seasons, each of the first five in the finale of the regular season, he was coaching that team for a playoff berth. The two times the first, out of those first five seasons he didn't make it, his quarterback was injured. First it was Marcus Mariota, then it was Ryan Tannehill. Then you get to this this year, and you know you 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 know six wins out of twenty four games, not going to cut it, and it didn't cut it for 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 Amy Adam Strunk, and she decided, you know what, I'm ready to move on. Yeah, so you have obviously a different GM this time around as well as you're going through that. You know, Mike Vrabel, a defensive guy. Do you think there's any preference defense versus offense in the head coach they get? I don't think so, Eli. I think that it's, uh, I mean, there's been a lot of defense coordinators uh, interviewed. Uh, you know, she did, they did, did interview Mike Kafka, uh, Giants uh, offensive coordinator, but they interviewed Antonio Pierce of the Raiders, the interim head coach, you know, with a defensive background, former player. Uh, I'm trying, you know, Quinn, of course, is now a defensive coordinator. Uh, so it, it, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, Brian Callahan of the, of the, the Bengals, and I know I'm missing one there, but uh, you know that's it, it's been such a fun little stretch here. They did two on last Friday, did two on Saturday, and then they and then they, they kind of went into quiet mode, and then all of a sudden, seriously, it was like ten o'clock, ten o ten ten or something like that. I see, I start seeing some tweets that they had interviewed Dan Quinn, and sure enough, there in my email was an announcement. That's the good thing about the NFL when they interview somebody for a head coaching job. They announced it, but this was a different front office than the, the last time when Amy did this uh, hiring. She was working with John Robinson out of Union City, and he was the GM, and he was making his first coaching hire uh, in that role. And now it's you know she's working with Rand Carthon, who literally it hadn't even you know a year ago today, January 18th, is when they hired or at least introduced Rand Carthon as the first black. Uh, GM in franchise history for a franchise that was founded in 1960, and she's got Burke Nihill. He's in, he's a president. Uh, she, her front office group also includes guys like Adolfo Birch Jr. He's a, or maybe the third. He is the son of a, a late state Supreme Court justice here in Tennessee. I mean, it's a different front office group that she's working with, and you know, Rand Carthon's got a couple of the assistant GMs. So this is you know, I'm, but I do not think that. It's, uh, offense or defense that she's looking for, particularly just because Mike Vrabel was a defensive guy. Uh, you know, Rand Carthon, when he talked to the media a week ago, he made it very clear that, you know, that the coaches are hanging around. Now, a couple of them have started talking to other teams for, for jobs, particularly Shane Bowen, the defensive coordinator, but he made it clear that he's hoping whoever is hired comes in and looks at the guys on the staff. And and, and and maybe considers keeping some of these pieces in place. Mm-hmm. And and on top of that, within the last 12 hours, they announced that uh, Terrell Williams, the defensive line coach, who Mike Brable let coach one of the preseason games, is going to be one of the head coaches of the American team in the Senior Bowl coming up, so down in Mobile. So it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, Brian Callahan being the first to get that second interview request seems to be the leader in the clubhouse, but uh, I, I don't think you can pin it to either side of the ball at this point. You mentioned the Titans for the first time in their history hiring a black general manager when they hired 
Rand Carthon. So he's doing the interviews with, with the owner as well, but they still got to deal with, no matter what, no matter what franchise, the Rooney rule. Do you know exactly uh, what the Rooney rule What the Rooney rule is as far as how many candidates of color? What, what are the... Uh, the uh, what you have to do to um, to appease the National Football League? I think they expanded that to two, which, uh, you know, Antonio Pierce at this point is the only one of those uh, uh, five candidates who's interviewed that, that satisfies that rule as far as I understand. I'll, I'll need to double-check that, Greg, to be sure. But, you know, part of that, I mean, they've been doing so much with this front office and, 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 and head coach accelerator program, and, you know, the Titans have sent several people to both the front office and, and, and Tony Dews, who was the running backs coach with Derrick Henry and who is now the uh, tight ends coach for the Titans. He's gone twice to that program, and Rand Carthon uh, was part of the accelerator program last December hmm. when the Titans had, had fired John Robinson. Let's put it this way. I talked to him in December for a story previewing the, the, the next version of that accelerator program and he said yeah it's a little bit like speed dating but when a team has an opening like the titans did at that point with gm you make sure and meet with those people so he at least had had a chance to say hi to amy adam strunk and burke nyhill the president and a couple of the other people that they took to that program uh but yeah it's meet and greet you get to say hi uh you know you're not exactly going over coaching philosophy or you know what you would do with the front office and you know, this is a team that, let's not forget, you know, there's been all the talk about, you know, how to divvy up the money between FedEx Forum and, and, and the football stadium down there. Well, the Titans break ground this spring on their replacement stadium mm-hmm. that's going to go in the parking lot between Nissan Stadium and I-24 here in Nashville. And NFL owners are going to be meeting here this spring in May. And I'm fully expecting them to announce that a Super Bowl will be held here by February 29 at the latest. So it's going to be really – there's a lot of stuff going on for this franchise right now. Part of that, too, um, obviously, whoever the head coach is, you need a good roster. The quarterback position, did they see enough out of Will Levis to believe he is the quarterback of the future? How does the quarterback position play out going into next year? Well, Eli, it sure feels, and Amy Adams-Strunk in her statement made it clear that, you know, she. it, it sounds like they believe that they saw what they needed to, okay? Uh, I, I say this, I thought I saw enough. I mean, you know, considering the situation he was thrown in, uh, and, and behind that offensive line that gave up the most sacks that they've given up in their 25-year tenure as the Tennessee Titans, I mean, you know, only two teams, I think, I think they were tied for fourth most sacks in the NFL, I mean, it's ridiculous. And, you know, the reason he didn't finish the season, the reason Ryan Tannehill got a chance to, to go out in style with one more, you know, win, one more start with Derrick Henry in that backfield beside him was because, well, you know, Levis got hurt uh, behind that line. And he he was on the injury report from mid-November. But he he played well. He You know, he was making good decisions. Let's put it this way. DeAndre Hopkins... Uh, caught his first touchdown pass once Will Levis got in the lineup, and he threw four in that incredible debut win over the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, you know, moving around, sensing some pressure, throwing the ball deep, getting rid of the ball, you know, throwing the ball at the ground to try to avoid some sacks when he could. Uh, he, you know, he. I saw the things that I was impressed. I've covered a lot of rookie quarterbacks, and I know that people were like, well, wait, Malik Willis didn't get a chance. 
there's a difference when a quarterback is taken in the third round as opposed to trading up to number 33 and taking a quarterback the way the Titans did mm-hmm. in Will Levis. They just need to get him more help. And, you know, Traylon Burks may end up being a guy that can help him. But unfortunately, the last three first round picks by John Robinson, not a lot of games combined between them. And that includes Traylon Burks. You know, young, young man, unfortunately, couldn't stay healthy. Thank God he had DeAndre Hopkins this year to help him and be a target for him. And he ended up with a thousand yard receiving season and, and, and seven touchdowns, largely thanks to Will Levis. Six of those touchdowns went to, uh, you know, went to Hopkins from Will Levis. So, uh, at least DeAndre Hopkins is a guy saying, thank God Will Levis <laughs> became the quarterback. You know, so I think they've got something there to work around and they've got the seventh pick. They've got, you know, depending on who you, you know, read the, over the cap says they have the most effective cap space in the league this year. Uh, they're, but they're going to have 23 free agents. Uh, so this roster is about to see some more. Once again, it's the NFL, serious turnover, and whoever is head coach is going to have a lot of tools as they work to rebuild this roster quickly. Right, and, and, and the likelihood, and more, uh, I guess people think it's, it's over completely because of his farewell, but Derrick Henry, I guess there's always a chance that you know somehow he could be persuaded to sign back with, with the Titans, but more than likely, uh, an era ends in Tennessee to lose a future Hall of Famer like Derrick Henry. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, he made an appearance on, uh, you know, Taylor Lewan and Will Compton's podcast, Busting with the Boys, and, you know, he talked about how different it was this season. And, and I, I, I feel him. It's like I'd go in that locker room, especially mid-season on, and I, I didn't recognize most of those guys. I mean, they totally revamped the offensive line. It didn't work. Rand Carthon didn't have a whole lot to work with. Uh, you know, salary cap space-wise, he had to cut guys to create some space. And, you know, the big move that he made at last tackle at Andre Dillard didn't work. I mean, it was an absolute bust. They gave up, I think they ended up giving up like 25 sacks through the left tackle spot alone. And Taylor Lewan, I saw somebody on Twitter yesterday said that Taylor Lewan in his career with the Titans gave up a total of 28 sacks. (laughs) So, you know, it's like they can eat. I mean, left tackle has got to be at the top of the list when they go on the clock at number seven. I'm just saying in April, but, uh, it, you know, he's going to have a lot to revamp this team. And, you know, yeah, Mike Brable, there's still a lot of, you know, there's still, I think, six or seven openings in the NFL head coaching job-wise. Uh, maybe it's down to six with the formal introduction of Gerard Mayo in New England yesterday. But, I mean, you know, Mike Brable seems to be an option for some of these jobs. And, mm-hmm. you know, Derek Henry, I mean, you talk about Hall of Fame uh, resume. You look at the people – you know, a lot of people say you got to have a ring. When you look at what he's done and the company he's in, Ladanian Tomlinson, Jim Brown, Barry Sanders, I mean, it, it, the things that he's done, you know, and, and that's the sad thing. I'd love to see him come back because I think one more year he's the franchise leader in yards rushing. You know, he's got the most 100-yard games uh, in, in for this franchise. He's got the most rushing touchdowns. He's tied for 13th all-time with 90 rushing touchdowns. I mean, I'd love to see him back, but you're right. I'd, I'd have a hard time seeing him come back just because it feels like they're ready to 
turn the page. Yeah, no question about it. As you just talked about, changes are on the horizon for the Titans. We'll see what happens with their hiring of their new head coach, whoever that may be. Of course, Teresa will have it all covered. AP, pro football writer covering the Titans, but covering everything in this great state of ours. Tennessee Sports Writers Hall of Famer and a five-time Tennessee Sports Writer of the Year. The great Teresa Walker. You can follow her on Twitter at Teresa M. Walker. As always, Teresa, thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us. Be careful with all that uh, bad weather up there, okay? I will. And, hey, I don't know about you, but I'm working from home the next couple days because the one (laughs) thing, I know the Titans aren't introducing anybody (laughs) until after they do an in-person interview. So at least I can stay safe. Y'all too. Intelligent woman. Thank you, Teresa. Thanks, Teresa. Take care. This half of our program is brought to you by the folks over at East Memphis Ace Hardware, corner of White Station and Quince is where you'll find them. That's where you'll find everything you need for all those projects around the house that you need to get done. Speaking of working from home, if you're working on your home, you might need some supplies from East Memphis Ace Hardware. You go over and see the folks over there. They'll make sure to find exactly you find exactly what it is that you need. Great staff over there to help you find that. Maybe it's some of those uh, Benjamin Moore paints. Maybe it's tools. Maybe it's supplies. Whatever it is, folks over there. There have it. Of course, the Big Green Egg, they're a platinum dealer of the Big Green Egg, all the different sizes of the egg, all the egg accessories as well. They've got those for you at East Memphis Ace Hardware, in corner of White Station and Quince, East Memphis Ace. We'll take a look at the college basketball scene from last night around the country and around the SEC, plus American Conference as well. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Be sure to follow us at Sports56WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports56WHBQ. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again are Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Tigers in action tonight against South Florida mentioned earlier that Tulane, who Memphis will play against on Sunday in New Orleans. Lost at UAB 83-69. Elsewhere in the American last night, North Texas at East Carolina wins 60-59. And University of Texas, San Antonio, UTSA, took their lumps again. They lost to Tulsa 107-78. Again, I called the game. I saw it my very eyes. I thought UTSA was damn good. Took Memphis to overtime. Could have won that game. And I figured, well... From that point on, they're going to be able to parlay that performance and into some wins. And they've lost, I think, two or three since they played that game. Two, I believe it is. Tulsa thumps them by 29. In the SEC, Ole Miss ranked number 22, lose in Baton Rouge, 89-80 to LSU. Yeah, rough shooting night for the uh, the Rebels. Uh, six of 24 from three-point range. Uh, Matt Morell... And Alan Flanagan combined to go one for 11, I believe it was, mm. from three-point range. I think Morell was one for five, and Flanagan's 0 for six, or maybe it was one for six at 0 for five. Tough to win when those guys are not shooting well. Yeah, and Brakefield didn't shoot it well. They, they they hung around because of the free-throw line. They were fantastic at the free-throw line. But uh, Jordan Wright for LSU, 
27.7 rebounds, 5 assists, 7 steals. Jeez. That's a night. Nice stat line. Uh, also last night, Teresa was saying she was covering the uh, Vandy game. Auburn beat Vandy 80-65. to Bruce Pearl's team remains unbeaten in SEC play. And number 8, Kentucky over Mississippi State 90-77. to I know Jerry Palm had Mississippi State in his latest bracketology. I, I just don't see that Mississippi State team, when it's all said and done, making the tournament. I think they're going to take their lumps in the SEC, and they lose. Nothing to be ashamed of losing at Rupp, but they uh, fall by 13. Yeah, I think they've got a. I think they got a chance to be a tournament. I think no, they have a chance. They're going to be a bubble team probably all year. Um, again, that middle part of the SEC, it's just going to be how it sorts itself out. Um, you know, LSU I think is better than people probably thought. Um, where do they fall? You know, they're winning at home like they did last night against Ole Miss. There's going to be a lot of home wins and road losses amongst that group. If you can be one that steals one on the road here or there, that's, that's probably going to be the difference in who makes it off that bubble and uh, into the tournament, who's left out. Yeah, the other day we talked about A&M losing at Arkansas. Normally that's okay. You know, you expect to lose at Arkansas, but the struggles of the Razorbacks this year, that was bad for Texas A&M. Obviously, Arkansas is on the other side. Looking in, there's going to be probably seven teams from the SEC that'll get in, something like that. I mean, obviously, that'll change. That'll um, fluctuate as we move along. Mississippi State, no question they have a chance. I just don't think they will. I think when it's all said and done, they'll, they'll take some some lumps. I think it's a good basketball team. But Kentucky's really good. I really like this Kentucky team. There have been other Kentucky teams where I go, I just don't know. There's not enough balls to go around. I do like these guys. There's a nice mixture of veterans and young players. So uh, it's a team to, to keep an eye on with John Calipari, who's only won the one national ch- title at uh, Kentucky. This is a team, I don't know if they can go all the way, but I think they certainly have a chance, especially in a college basketball world the last couple of years where there's so much parity. Now, Connecticut's the new number one. They're the defending champions. They got their big guy back last night, and they looked really good in winning in the Big East. Yeah, they took care of Creighton. Last night, most of the ranked teams who were playing were playing at home. Um, so most of the, I don't think, I don't know, there might have been one ranked team that lost last night, but pretty much the ranked teams dominated last night because for the most part, the ranked teams last night were at home rather than on the road. I guess Ole Miss was the ranked team that lost, mm-hmm. and they were on the road at LSU. But I think all the other ranked teams that played were all at home last night except for Auburn, who again was playing at Vanderbilt, and Vanderbilt just really struggling. couple of college football notes. Uh, the University of Memphis, according to reports, expected to hire Georgia Tech Director of Player Personnel Bo Davidson as its new use the air quotes, general manager, uh, kind of run the show there for Ryan Silverfield. That is expected, but has not come to fruition as of yet. Also, South Alabama is expected to promote Major Applewhite to head coach uh, to replace um, Kane, uh, Kane Womack uh, as he moved on to Alabama. So Major Applewhite, the former Houston head coach, expected to move up from offensive coordinator to head coach at South Alabama, who is 15 and 11 in a couple of years at the University of Houston. Also, from the world of college football, no, actually from the NFL and from the NBA, this is an interesting story here. Initial reports uh, talking about the NFL in advanced talks acquiring a stake in ESPN. Interesting, 
But also, there's a report that the NBA and ESPN, which have been talking about the possibility of owning a stake, that is also in play. So that will be weird. The network, uh, which carries a lot of their games, obviously with ESPN, ABC, having games on, NBA, a lot of games on ESPN, to, you know, some would say they're already in bed together, but to actually have a stake in the network, how does that work now when you're negotiating new contracts with those networks and they're part of the ownership group? And how do they deal from a media standpoint, ESPN, with somebody that, again, you're in ownership with, whether it be the NFL, the NBA, or both? So something that's going to be interesting moving forward as far as that relationship is concerned. Don't you think it'll be interesting? Yeah, I don't I have no idea how it'll work or what the thing will be, but um, obviously when you're there's already billions of dollars being thrown around amongst the entities, there may not be ownership, but there might as well be. Right. I mean, like I said, they're already in bed with them, but now I guess it would be official. Well, folks, when you're watching NFL games this weekend, when you're watching the NBA, when you're enjoying anything in the world of sports, really when you're just enjoying kicking back, relaxing with the family, maybe a, a game night, you're watching some TV, watching a good movie, it's always a good time for Dinstel's Fine Candies and Chocolates, the best chocolates in the world. The delicious, uh, the chocolate-covered pretzels, my favorite. The chocolate, the uh, turtlelets are unbelievable. We got Valentine's Day coming up, and uh, we know uh, during the uh, holiday, not during the holiday, but during the uh, Valentine's Day time, we are usually out there broadcasting live. I'm not going to say that we're going to do that again. We haven't heard yet, but I'm sure we probably will. One of our favorite times of the year, as we've got a great relationship with the great folks at Dinstel's, and of course, uh, Nobody makes the chocolates like they have. They've done it for over 120 years, so they got to be doing something right. Maybe it's the cashew crunch you want to go with, any of the chocolates, any of their candies. If you haven't been there, you need to stop by. The Pleasant View location is where they make the candies and ask about a tour of the chocolate factory. But they're also located at Laurelwood, Laurelwood Shopping Center, Germantown, Collierville, downtown Memphis. So five different stores to purchase your candies and chocolates from. For this weekend, for all the sporting events, for the Super Bowl, which is just around the corner, any time is a good time. And you can ship those chocolates and candies anywhere in the country to your friends and family. So take advantage of that as well for Valentine's Day, for the holidays, early, as I say, any time is a great time. For Dinstel's Fine Candies and Chocolates, putting smiles on people's faces for 122 years. When we come back, we open up Hour 2, talking more about the NFL Divisional Round Playoffs. We'll talk with Pete Methurst, our buddy from the Baltimore, D.C. metro area. He's the voice of the Navy Academy, but also he does uh, work with the Baltimore Ravens and their radio broadcast. So we will talk to Pete about the Ravens' chances to go all the way and the rest of the matchups this weekend. That's coming up next. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. <laughs> 